Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. Behold, the kingdom of God is in your Mercy and forgiveness take precedence over bitterness and resentment. This is an upside-down kingdom. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Today is August the 30th, and, and after yesterday's uh, attention-grabbing podcast with, with Lucian Greaves of the Satanic Temple, I'm coming at you today with a, with a guest on the completely end of, the diff, of a different spectrum, and, and this is, uh, we're pleased to welcome Sally Henry. Uh, and Sally, you have been a champion of Christian education in the state of Arizona for so many years. So I just want to say welcome, and I want to say thank you very, very much. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, you are currently the president and active, or excuse me, the acting executive director for ASTOA, which is the Arizona STO Association. Correct. So it is a is a body in which kind of a collegial association of all of the STOs, the state tuition tax credit organizations within the state of Arizona. Can you tell us a little bit about your role at, at ASTOA? What what are you responsible for? What do you do there? So what we strive to do with um, at ASTOA is really just to help um, protect the tax credit program and on a policy side, make sure families know that that's um, the. School tuition organizations are there to help support them and help provide scholarships for, for them, regardless of what private education system they want to go into. And we do work hand-in-hand hand, um, with the legislator um, to ensure effective policies and protective policies towards the tax credit program that's been around. We're just now starting our 25th year. Well, to say that you're doing an effective job would be an understatement because I, I talk to Christian school leaders all across the nation, and they say, you know what, Jeff, every morning that you wake up in Arizona, you need to be thankful for the school choice options in the state. So you have done an amazing job. How many STOs do you currently work with through STOA? Well, there's actually over 55 STOs that are um, approved by the Arizona Department of Revenue. We work with our membership is about 10, maybe 12. Some of the larger STOs are part of us. Not all the STOs choose to be members with us. Yeah. Well, so. I, think it's a, I think it's a good affiliation because yes. it's, you're following best practices. Correct. And, and I love that alliance just to make sure that we're all on the same page because there are some detractors. There are some people that would, would love for STOs not to persist. Exactly. And you encounter that, I imagine, pretty frequently. But the more we follow uh, the right the right guidelines that are given to us by the Arizona Department of Revenue, the more we follow best practices, uh, the better off we are. Yes, agreed. So in the, your other role within the state is you are uh, the communications director for ACSTO. You want to talk a little bit about your role there? You work with Steve Yarborough. Yes, I do. I love my job. I'll bet. I, I think if I didn't need a paycheck, I'd do it for free. Wow. Um, it is truly a blessing to be able to serve families across the state so they can um, send their kids to a Christian school and helping them figure out how to afford it. Um, but what we get to do is invaluable and um probably will never be able to get me to quit. 
which scares my husband. <laughs> I, always, I always tell people they could fire me tomorrow, but I'm still going to show up on Monday. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's how you know you've got a great yes. job. You're making a difference. So we're gonna in a moment, we're going to get into uh, STOs. We're going to talk about the universal ESA and, and the distinction between the two and, and some of the questions that are popping up around them. But before we do, what's your personal allegiance to Christian education? Where where did that arise within your own within your own story? Okay, so um, my husband at the time, my husband, so my husband and I were, got married in 1997. Wow. I adopted my oldest daughter through him because he was widowed, and he wanted to send her to a Christian school when she mm. was starting kindergarten. So honestly, that was our my first exposure to Christian education wow. was when, when my husband was like, hey, I really want Megan to go to a Christian school. It's like, okay. So through volunteering, um, getting to know that school environment, and just loving what they did. And not only did I see how they poured into my, my daughter with, through, with the love of Christ, but it helped, I think, my husband and I with our own spiritual walk wow. as well. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, as the other kids came along, it's just like, okay, Christian education is the way to go. And um, that is, and then I served as a PE teacher at their Christian school for oh, really? for seven years, and then that's then I switched over to ECSTO. I also, um, in between all that, I had founded a Christian middle school, and um, that was a lot of work, and never thought God would ever tap me on the shoulder to do that. And um, but it was successful, and it all worked out for the greater good. So, um, but yeah, if you would have, t- if God would have said, hey. When you're married and have a family, you're going to be really involved in Christian education. I probably would have been like, yeah, I don't think so, because education's just my, not my thing. And um, here I am. Well, and there are literally thousands of students across the state of Arizona that owe uh, a great debt to you and to, to the team at ACSTO and ASTOA. Uh, unbelievable. Do you have any idea, like through ACSTO, how many state tuition tax credit dollars you've passed through since the organization was founded, approximately? Since we were founded, it was over, it's over $300 million wow. to Forty four over forty four thousand students since we started. Wow! And then you were were you with? I, I guess I should ask: Were you with ACSTO during the ACSTO v. Win Supreme Court case? No, I, I started in twenty thirteen, and that came out in twenty eleven. Okay, yeah. So. so that was that was a huge victory mm-hmm. for school choice, Correct. In the state of Arizona, and really set up a lot of momentum. And that's where we're at right now. Is that we are? Um, I'm always amazed at the school choice progress that we've been able to enjoy in this last year. Because I look at our state legislature right now, and the reality is, is though there is a slight majority on the conservative side of the aisle, um, the, the truth of the matter is that there's a school choice minority. Yes. That there are some fiscal conservatives in, in the state legislature that don't lean in the direction of school choice. Correct. And so it's it's shocking to me that we've been able to gain the ground. And I think really that's testimony to the fact that this is really what's best for the state of Arizona. Agreed. I mean, what would you attribute it to? Well, I, I don't understand. Personally, I don't believe school choice should be a partisan issue. Yeah. I believe that we should, as a community, as a state... Everyone should have the desire to have a child, their children or our children who are our future in a, the best educational atmosphere that's going to help them strive to be the best they can. Um, not every child fits the same, this, the, needs the same path. I mean, I've, right. I learned that with my own children. They all didn't have the same education path 
um, because I needed to do what was best for them. And I think that should be the premise. It shouldn't be about, you know, what system should we put, you know, what let's fund systems. It should be about let's, let's put kids where they belong. And that really should be up to the parents' Absolutely. decision. You know, and, and the thing that I always point to when it comes to choice, and I think it's something that, that you really can't deny, is that every sector of our economy that, that is given to a free market, a free market economy, um, when you have choice, service quality goes up, prices goes down. Because that competition drives that those forces in those directions, and I think it's so important that you know for years we've not had choice across the nation when it came to education. Correct. Uh, a few did. The affluent Correct. had the option to pursue private education, but but through your work and the, and the work of the of the folks that have come before you, we've been able to see the expansion of school choice into homes that would otherwise never be able to afford this, and yes. that. That's a difference maker. Yes. That's that's a huge, huge change in terms of educational quality in the state of Arizona. And I think the I think state standardized test uh, results in our state, we had a hiccup with COVID, Correct. but they were trending in a very positive direction in, in kind of in conjunction with the increase in school choice. Uh, but we're in it, you know, we're in an interesting moment right now yes, we are. because you and I, you know, as testimony to your point earlier, we were, uh, you attended and I attended the uh, the signing Governor Doug Ducey at, down at Phoenix Christian Prep. We enjoyed Governor Doug Ducey's signing of the Universal ESA bill into law, which yep. was phenomenal. Yes, it and was. I thought one of the best speakers that day was was a uh, African American. Uh, pastor who represented the Democratic side of the aisle, Correct. and he described this as the greatest moment uh, for his community since the work of Martin Luther King, and I thought that was um, just phenomenal. Yes, a, a great point to to be made. But we are in this interesting moment because now there are effectively two school choice vehicles. If this, well, let's talk. Let's back up a little bit. So, come September twenty fourth. This will be 90 days after the legislature passed um, the the House bill, right? Correct. It was sponsored by legislator uh, and representative uh, Ben Toma. And so this universal ESA should go into play on September 24th. Correct. What do you know about the referendum? What's, what's happening behind the scenes right now? So your anti-school choice group, Save Our Schools, is... Um working on gathering signatures at this moment to refer the bill to the ballot so it would not become law. It would be have to be voted on by the voters. And so they're actually been very quiet about, you know, their work and their success. Um, but uh, they've also just recently, they have hired um, signature gatherers um, as well to, to gain those signatures, and I'm not sure if that's because they're not getting enough with their grassroots well, that's a, that's efforts. A, yeah, that's a really interesting point. Or are they just trying to get more? I don't, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I believe since September 24th is a Saturday, I believe their signatures are due by 5 o'clock on, on, on the 23rd. Okay, and then the margin, if I remember correctly, they need to gather a hundred by approximately 120,000 signatures. Yep, 118,823. Okay. Well, but more than I mean counting? it would be to their benefit obviously they would to be safe they would have to gather way more, uh, much at least 200 250,000 just to secure the valid signatures because there will be signatures I'm sure that will be thrown out. 
Yeah. And so from from my perspective, and this is, folks, this is just my personal opinion, but these things typically start on a grassroots level to see an organization like SOS Arizona, Save Our Schools Arizona. And this is largely a, a public school um, group that, that mistakenly, in my estimation, believes that the, the dollars that are going into STOs and into universal ESAs detract from public education budgets. They do not. No, they do not. And, and a simple look over the last few state budgets would reveal that state budgets in terms of education have gone up have gone up and have gone up. And in the more school choice we inject into that, actually the per pupil spending in public education, the more students that attend Northwest Christian, Valley Christian, Phoenix Christian, Brophy College Prep, Notre Dame Prep, that means that the per pupil average for public funding goes up as well. And so there's literally nothing for SOS, AZ, or public schools to gain by by putting this bill on the skids, and yet they persist in that effort. But to see it go from a grassroots effort to, to get the signatures for a referendum um, to a paid signature collection campaign, that's interesting to yes, me. Yes, it is. And I, it, it tells us, in, in my view, that I think public support, and I think polls have shown this as well, public support for school choice is rising in the state. Um, what do you attribute that to? COVID. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, and, you know, there's, you know, if anything positive could have come out of COVID, I think parents' eyes were open to the education kids were getting, um, what they were learning, and parents were unhappy, and parents were unhappy by the school shutdowns and the continued mask wearings. And so parents, you know, you saw it across this nation, parents going to school boards and speaking out. And I think, um, honestly, the, the impetus for choice and change is a result of COVID. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I think that's I think that's so true, and I think our our culture is coming to a head in terms of some of the the dichotomies that are out there right now. It's just yes. so. I mean, there's just so much discrepancy between light and dark now. Now it's just it's just staggering to me. But that, I find that very very interesting. But really, what I wanted to ask you about today was as someone who is intimately familiar with the inner workings of STOs. One of the things that we're learning about universal ESAs is they will not be able to be used in tandem with an STO. Correct. So families will have to make choices. And, and I, I think that's, again, the more choices we have, the better served our families are. So I think in and of itself, the fact that there's a choice between the two is a healthy thing. Correct. Um, but let's talk about that for a minute. What do you see as, is there a best choice for a family or do you see it as circumstantial? I think each family has to evaluate their circumstances at the time. Um, and no, you cannot use universal ESA and STOs at the same time. So you may have a family that does well with utilizing STOs um, and they get good funds from that. It may be in their best interest to stay on that option. Mm -hmm. um, there may be families that don't get a lot of money on the STO side. It may be best for them to at least do the universal side so they get something to help pay towards their student's tuition, but they still will have to pay the balance. Yeah. Um, you may even have some families that choose, okay, I do pretty, I do okay with STOs. I have four kids. I'm going to do two kids on the STOs and two on the ESA. 
You know, so and I think it's going to be circumstantial and situational for each family. But what we do know is the universal ESA will help countless, countless families across the state and the tuition that um, is at the private schools in their area would be fully funded by a universal ESA. And when we look at at ACSTO, when we look at our list of schools, um, and we partner with about 130 Christian schools throughout the state, about half of them would need STO support because their their tuition is below the... $6,500, $7,000 $6,500, amount that they're estimating this universal ESA is going to provide. So, wow. it's, it's, so yeah. in terms of rural versus urban, mm-hmm. do you see that distinction as well? I mean, do you see this being a real boon for the more rural schools? It's a great boon for rural, the rural communities, for sure. But also, even in the metropolitan areas, um, schools that are supported by a church, they're, they're a ministry of a church, their tuition is fairly low. And so we see that being a, as a, a boon for them. I mean, some of, most of your independent Christian schools, like yourselves, uh-huh. and, you know, Gilbert, Pushridge, Valley, Phoenix Christian, um, they don't have a church to help come alongside them and support them and financially support them. So your independent Christian schools are going to still really need the STOs, but a lot of your church-sponsored schools, um, the tuition would be covered with a universal ESA. That's huge. So let's open up the doors and yeah. let more kids in, you know. Now, there, in, and I understand there's a little bit of controversy. If, in fact, they cross the threshold of 118,000 signatures for the, for the referendum, uh, the Constitution of the state of Arizona calls for the next general election to be the place where that issue is decided on the ballot. Correct. But, as I understand it, there are some forces at play at the state capitol that would say, hey, let's move this not to the 2022 election, but let's move it to 2024, um, which is running a little bit contrary, in my estimation, to what the intent of the Constitution would be. Your thoughts on that? So the school choice working group that I'm part of, I would have to say that there are more of the mindset that it needs to be on the 2022 ballot. But the anti-school choice group. Oh, the anti-school choice, of course, is wanting it on 2024. But the Constitution says it needs to be on the next general ballot, next general election ballot. And there's also case law to support that. Mm-hmm. So it shall be interesting. Well, it will be. And do you, do you think, I mean, my fear is, is this is going to wind up, even if... Um, if we get to that point of referendum, there's going to be even more litigation yes. that's going to challenge that and just kick this can even further down down the road. I would agree. So we've and we've also recently learned that the Arizona State Department of Education just recently made the universal ESA applications available. What's your recommendation to a family? Should they should they charge in and fill out that ESA or should application or do you think they should wait? What would you suggest? I don't think there's any harm in filling out the application because in that way you're done with it. It's and then it's just a matter of them processing it once that September 24th date hits. Um just put you a little bit ahead of the game yeah. if if the universal ESA law sticks, you yeah. know, so there's nothing wrong with doing it. Um, my caution to families would be don't um, put all your eggs in one basket in the universal ESA basket. I would encourage all families to continue to look to the STOs for your tuition support. 
um, at this point in time because you don't know what's going to happen. And tuition still needs to be paid at the schools you're attending. So it's super important that you're, ma- you're utilizing the funding source, which is STOs, available to you right now. Um, and w- if universal ESA does happen, and we pray it does, then we cross that bridge when we need to. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, very good. How can we as believers uh, that, you know, as, as I look at school choice, I see something that not it's not only positive for students that wind up in Christian education. As I mentioned earlier in, in our episode, whenever we see choice, whenever we see a free market at play within a certain sector of the economy, the, the number of choices means that the quality of service, because we're competing Correct. with each other. At the end of the day, I'm competing with Valley Christian. I'm competing with Scottsdale Christian. I'm competing with the charter down the, down the road. Yes. I'm, I'm competing with Greenway High School. When students have choices about the schools they can go to, it forces me to provide a better product. The quality of education, the experience, the value proposition, all of that goes into play in the decision-making process for a parent and for a student. And every single time schools compete, the winners are students. Correct. I agree. The totally. quality of their education goes up. And so when we talk about school choice, we're, we're talking not just as a benefit for those families and students that, that have the good fortune of, of winding up in a private school or what have you, but we're really talking about the quality of education for every student in the state of Arizona. And so this is a huge, huge moment in in the history of the state is that pastor I referenced said earlier is this is one of the biggest moments uh, in the found since the founding of our country. This is huge for students. Um, How do we pray in your view? I think, well, I would suggest praying for just God's will. If if God's will is to really open up these doors and this is the avenue he wants to utilize to open up school choice and just pray that that's going to be what happened. Um, I also pray for the people that are against school choice, mm. pray for their eyes to be open, that this is not a bad thing. And it's not one side. It's not the pro school choice side saying that the um, public education system's horrible. It's just saying we want choices mm. for families to choose. So just praying for the opposition to, for their eyes to be open, that choice is not a bad thing. It's actually a very productive and healthy thing for our economy and for our students as well. Um, Love it. There's got to be an impetus. There's got to be a force that drives continuous improvement. And and if if, if an entity doesn't have to compete for its students, that the vigor with which we pursue continuous improvement may not may not be as strong right. as it otherwise would. And I think that's what's happened for so many years. The, the mm-hmm. public school system hasn't had to compete. Yeah. And then charter schools came about and then STOs came about and, you know, the competition. Now they're having to compete. And now this is coming about. They've always been able to just not worry. They're going to always have students because that's where their zip code is and that's where they're assigned to. Yeah. And with choice, it does bring com- to me it. It requires change, and it does help with the competition of things as well. So This is good. Well, Sally, this has been very, very helpful. Thank you very much for, for being part of this Kingdom Culture conversation and helping to illuminate in the eyes of all of our parents, all of our listeners, yes. really, uh, just the dynamic moment that we're enjoying in the state of Arizona. Well, thank you, and we're just so grateful for Representative Toma and all the legislatures that signed on to this bill and Governor Ducey that, you know, thank God we've got fighters out there yeah. to really help protect parents' rights and, and really give the 
give it back to the parents where it belongs when it comes to choice. Well said. Well said. Well, so I thank you so much. And folks, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Kingdom Culture Conversations. Take care. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.